Best of Times, live from 710 Keel Studios in Shreveport, Louisiana, celebrating age and maturity, helping you make the best years of your life the best they can be. The Best of Times, your host, Gary Kaligas. Good morning, radio listeners. I'm Gary Kaligas, the publisher of The Best of Times, the only news magazine and radio show for mature adults in Northwest Louisiana. Thank you for tuning into our show today and also thanking those who might be listening via the Internet at www.710keel.com. Also thanking those who might be listening via the Keel application on their Apple or Android devices. In just a few minutes, we're going to discuss hospice care services that are found in our area. So stay tuned to the show for some very beneficial information for you and your loved ones. It is Saturday, November the 13th, and we are broadcasting our show from the studios of News Radio 710 Keel, a town square media station here in Shreveport, Louisiana. However, today's show has been pre recorded, so we will be unable to accept calling questions and comments from our loyal radio listeners. Be sure to pick up the November issue of the Best of Times in one of our 270 distribution locations. We thank you for the many, many compliments about our magazine. We do appreciate hearing from you. Remember, if you're unable to find a printed copy at one of our 270 distribution locations, you can always visit our very popular website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com. Again, thebestoftimesnews.com to view both current and past issues of our magazine, as well as to view and download the 2021 Silver Pages Senior Resource Directory. In addition, you can listen to previously broadcast shows here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. I do want to thank everyone for attending again. Uh, thanked, thanked them uh, last Saturday, but I'm going to thank you this Saturday. Uh, attending our Senior Day Expo at the Louisiana State Fair. It was a fantastic event. We had over 1,500 attendees, over 70 exhibitors, providing great information about products, services, information for them, for the attendees, as well as their loved ones. We do want to thank our prime sponsors. That was Healthy Blue Louisiana, People's Health, and United Healthcare for helping us support this particular Senior Day Expo. And again, it was a fantastic event. Everybody seemed to enjoy it. The entertainment, the fun, the games, activities, of course, all the many hundreds of door prizes that I gave away uh, on stage, as well as the wonderful uh, entertainment that we had from the Jonatones, as well as Elvis the Impersonator gave another fantastic performance to all the attendees who were there around 2 o'clock. And again, I want to thank my great friend, Flo the Clown, who came on stage to help me give, give away all the grand door prizes to the winners that were present there. Again, join us next year at the Louisiana State Fair that we will have the 2022 Senior uh, Health Expo at the Louisiana State Fair. We'll be right back with more information, but now we're with our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by AERP Louisiana and Ebers Tenant Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary Kaligas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after. Gary's back with more Best of Times Radio Hour on 101.7 FM and 710 Keel. 
Welcome back to our show, The Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana and Ebers, down in country as report, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Joining me on my show today are two special guests. This is Dr. David Colvin, a hospice care physician, and Miss Amanda Rogers, the administrator of Regional Hospice Health Group here in the Shreveport and Bossier City area, as well as the surrounding areas throughout Northwest Louisiana. So thank you, Amanda, for joining us. Thank you, Dr. Colvin. Thank, thank you for having us. So today we're going to focus on hospice services for loved ones out there that may be needing this service now or in the future. And I want to emphasize in the future. A lot of people don't put that on their radar, right? Do you agree with that, Amanda, Dr. Calvin? Oh, absolutely. Uh, a lot of times people don't talk about it until it's that time. And one of the things that we like to encourage people to do is have these conversations earlier on so they know what it is that they want. And it's easier for the family to talk through that when they know what their loved one wants early on. And, and that's that's the critical thing, too. And I think you or Dr. Calvin told me in previous um, shows that Getting it as early as possible, getting approved in a hospice care, you know, being a former hospice administrator, I tried to tell people that, but sometimes it didn't register. It does add a little bit of longevity to the, and it also in dealing with the natural, everybody's going to die, but it also helps. And what somebody told me, there was like an, a study done nationwide, it possibly extends two to three months. Is that true? The the biggest thing, Gary, I think, is people have the misconception that hospice is about the dying, okay? Hospice care is really about quality of life at the end of life, okay? Dying is that last final period. Hospice care, when utilized appropriately, provides so much support for the family, the direct caregiver, chaplain support, social work support, and then ultimately the patient, that it's not unusual for them to actually feel more relaxed. And when they feel more relaxed and in comfort and environment and taken care of, and even sometimes you just know they can sense that their family is at peace, you'll see that um, patient sometimes improve and have that period of time where everybody is feeling, you know what, this is the best decision we've ever made. And that, and that's what I've seen personally. My, I, I think y'all know this. I've had family members under under hospice, and it was the fantastic thing for all the family members as well as the individual under hospice care. I, I could see the change. It was traumatic initially, but then the way we went in, it was more. You're right, more palliative, more peaceful, and they didn't have a. I hate to say it, a strenuous death and dying situation. Right. Just in the last hour, I've had a conversation with a patient family member out of town, called me out of the blue, concerned because they had their father at home and things were not going well at all. And the only thing they knew of was to say, can we go back to the nursing facility setting? And I said, wait a minute. Considering what he has and what his prognosis is, Hospice is about prognosis, as Dr. April Patton says, not about diagnosis. We know we're in a situation where life is short, but we're not saying we're dying tomorrow. This family needed help, and the kind of help they needed in their care setting is perfect for the hospice-type situation. Okay, so so give our give our listeners out there a little scenario. What is that perfect that, that perfect mix or that perfect formula that that would bestowed upon them or their family member to get hospice care. All right. The classic scene or setting 
situation for that family would be someone with a life expectancy of probably six months or less. None of us have a crystal ball that gives us exact numbers. We just know that they are declining. Um, different diagnoses have different con um, conditions that hospice is aware of that says, okay, they're hospice appropriate. The family needs help. They feel lost, okay? They uh, feel adrift. It's like a, um, a boat with no anchor in the middle of a storm, mm -hmm. okay? And this storm is around them. There is so much guilt associated with these situations. It's almost easier on families when there is an instant death, when someone dies of a heart attack because it's a surprise. This is that storm they can see coming on the horizon, but they don't know what to do and when. And I always advise people with hospice services, don't wait till you think this is the end. You know the end's coming. You know the storm's coming. Call hospice early on. It doesn't cost anything. They're happy to come out. A reputable hospice company will come out and evaluate and advise on all the services available, which most people are not aware of the services available. True. And be able to counsel that family and guide them, hold their hand, pray with them from the time they call them till even after that loved one has passed away. Hospice care is not just about the patient. It's about everyone involved because it's a life-changing event. Great summary. One follow-up, though. I can, I can hear, my, hear my listeners out there saying, Doc, I think I have a family member or a candidate but do I need to get their physician approval? They're attending their their family physician say yes for my family member to get that hospice that's care a, evaluation? That's a great question. The way Medicare looks at this is that this is a family patient directed event. Okay? Family patient directed event. Yes, there will be physician orders involved in it sooner or later, but the family and the patient have the right to select this service. Wow, that's that's powerful. I want to back something up um, on what Dr. Colvin said. The, the biggest complaint we get in hospice is we didn't get it soon enough. And because of that, it backs up to what he's saying. They see the storm, they see the clouds, they see it coming, but everybody sits back and waits on someone to tell them it's what they need to do. And that's why it's important to have this opportunity to come out and talk about this so people can understand with what Dr. Colvin is explaining, you can take this into your own hands and make that decision to make that call and ask for the help. Let us come out there and talk to you and give you information. We'll get the order. We'll call the doctor. We will work through that for you. You don't even have to do that. So take control and be an advocate for yourself, for your family, to get the resources that are out there for you so you can get what you need and you're not the family that says we should have had this sooner. Because if you wait on other people to get it for you, it's too late. That's a, good, that's a great point. Yes. There. And then sometime today we need to talk about the different storm clouds that are appropriate for hospice. Absolutely. Okay. It's not just for cancer. True. And, yeah, definitely, definitely need to talk about that. Okay, one more follow-up question. You know, as Gary has lots of follow-up. Yes. Amanda, you brought up something very interesting. So what happens if this, this family has their loved one that they did not, they, they went to see their regular physician, and the regular physician doesn't want to say this is a terminal illness? 
and uh, the person mm-hmm. and the family feels it's terminal, but he hasn't said it's terminal. And so there, there's a dilemma. Some that's why some people wait. I'm telling you, that's the reason because their personal physician that they took their aunt, their grandmother, their mother to, they might not ask the fundamental question: How long do you think mom or dad or et cetera uh, right. will, will will live? Yeah. So end of life conversations are difficult, and not everybody has uh, the ability to have those. And doctors. Uh, nurse practitioners, they are very busy in their day and may not always have the time to get into that. What I can tell you is when we come out and explain services to you, if you open the door with your physician, they will walk through that door. And Dr. Colvin can back me up on that. If you go in and say we've talked to hospice, we want, we would like a hospice consult, we don't have physicians. We've never had that where they fight us on that. Good. Um, and so when a family is requesting that. the family has that, to be proactive. Yeah, they're requesting that. And so if you're not having open dialogue and asking these questions when you go see your physician, um, those, those things may not happen. And so you have to say, what are we looking at here? Is hospice an appropriate um, level of care for us? Is that something that we can look at? And... Asking those questions opens that door for that conversation to take place. Excellent, excellent. Okay, so let's we we talked a little bit about what um, well, before we get in tangents. I want to give you a plug. You're here, so regional hospice covers what areas of Northwest Louisiana? So we cover um, we stay in Louisiana. We don't cross the state line, but we cover a, a 50 mile radius as the crow flies. Um, out of the Minden area, and so that allows us to go all the way towards Ruston, and then um, we cover all the way here till we hit the state line, and then down towards Cachada area. And so um, we have offices in Minden and Shreveport, and the reason that we do that is we think that the rural coverage for us is extremely important, and that patients in our rural areas get the frequency of visits that patients get in our cities. Tell our listeners you have staff, mm-hmm. including nurses and CNAs and and yeah chaplains chaplains that uh-huh. can cover that yep. entire area. Mm-hmm. That's a large area to cover. I'm really impressed that you can that you can cover that area and cover that rural areas as well. Yeah, we have um, our staff live in these areas that we cover, and so that helps in terms of response time and the ability to get to our patients. And so, um, but we do, we have nurses, aides, social workers, and chaplains, and they cover these areas for us very well, and it's one of the things that makes me very happy about our organization. I live in a rural area, and I know it's important to get help when you need it. That's true. So tell our listeners out there, the phone number is the contact you. 318-382-9396. Again, say that again. 318-382-9396. Okay. Also, if you don't remember that number, you can pick up any issue of the best of times, as well as Silver Pages, on the back cover, and you can find all their numbers at all their locations and a little bit more about their services. So, again, I thank you for your support of our magazine, as well as Silver Pages, our most popular publication. By the way, Amanda, you'll be shocked to know that last year our, our, we printed 25,000 copies of Silver Pages. I have left like 25 copies. Uh, of those 25,000, but over 17,000 individuals downloaded it from our website. Wow. 17,000. That's a lot of, lot of 
copies being downloaded from our website. It's our most popular uh, item that's downloaded, but of course it's the most popular publication. And, you know, I hate to say this, they could be anywhere in the world, but uh, I'm sure they're locally in the area or, yeah. or have someone here that they're they're accessing that. So, again, I thank you for your support. That's our most popular publication, and uh, we distributed our last copies at, at – um, at the Senior Day Expo, I brought the remaining copies I had. They were gone in one hour. Oh, I believe it. We had people requesting them from us. They so, were gone yeah. in one hour. It's so sad. I wish I'd, I didn't have any more to bring. And people kept, do you have any more? No, you have to go online. So people said, well, what's the website? So I gave them the website. And a few of them said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to print it from my home. I said, I'm sorry if you have to do that. But that's one way you can view it or download it and print it. So some, some do that. And it's 48 pages, sadly. Yeah, it's, it's a lengthy di- uh, document as well. So, again, if you want, and I want you to, everybody, to listen what they just told you. If you have an individual family member that may, I would say may, doesn't have to be definitive, may be uh, an essence of utilizing hospice care officer, give them a call. They'll yes. do free evaluation. That's right. That's what I heard. And if we come out there and hospice is not the right fit, we will help you get the service that does fit. If it's That's home awesome. health, we can send you a referral and help with that. So. That's wonderful. I mean, that that is really a great service. But again, someone might not might not qualify, might not be in that need. But uh, right. there, there may be the indication as well. So uh, I think you let's let's cover some of the hospice cares. Oh, I know somebody asked me about. Uh, uh, okay, I've got to ask you this question. Somebody brought up the question at the Senior Day Expo, which was an interesting question. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the, fam, the the person said, my mother's in a coma. Can I qualify for hospice services if my mother's in a coma? And I said, you know, I don't remember that ever being happening uh, to myself when I was a hospice administrator 25 years ago. But I'll, I'll, I'll check on that and listen to the show. So what's the answer to that one? Are you talking, were they referring to a coma as in the hospital or in a nursing facility? They didn't say. The yeah. person's in a coma. Hospice is not for um, hospital-based problems, but if they're unconscious, uh, just not aware of their surroundings at home or I in a nursing facility. I think they had a stroke. Facility. I think she yeah. ended up telling me they had a stroke and the person is, is in, in coma. Yeah. Yes. And that's an, that patient would definitely mo- uh, be in a high likelihood of qualifying for hospice service. So they could bring the individual mm-hmm. home and be yes. cared for. Absolutely. And, and the coma state. Again, there's several different storm clouds that uh, families see coming, and that's one of them, the uh, devastating stroke that the person is basically just existing and family needs help. Okay. That's mm-hmm. a good and, one of these, and they want to surround that loved one at home in their environment to let them pass peacefully at home, and, and we, uh, you know, we help families with this scenario often. So, okay, you want to ask the uh, you want to answer the other question that somebody asked me, which I, Gary did not know the answer to that one either. Gary gets a lot of questions. They think he's the healthcare expert in the world, but I've been out of this for so long. Uh, but I, they they still call, they still come up to me. Gary, you're all knowing. I said no, I'm not. I have lots of experts, a lot of facilitators around me, including regional hospice. So I'm going to ask the regional hospice expert. The person asked. The question about uh, does hospice uh, provide respite care services? I'm taking care of my loved one at home under hospice services. And I'm exhausted. 
and I take it this individual already has hospice service. Amanda, I don't know if she has you. She didn't say who she had, but she seems like she's exhausted, and she seems like whoever hospice she's with have never told her if respite care is available. So whenever you're on hospice services, there are four levels of care in hospice. Routine hospice care is what we are discussing the most, and that's your uh, primary level of care. You have respite care, which allows patients in a home setting to be transferred to a nursing home for five days, and the hospice pays for that. And the caregiver is allowed a break if that means that the caregiver wants to go out of town, if the caregiver just needs to sleep. It doesn't matter what it's for. Respite can be utilized for any reason. That's what our social workers are there for is to help with the implementation and the utilization of that. And so we would take your um, family member, the hospice patient, into a nursing home setting, the nursing home that you choose for five days. And then once that five days is up, bring them back home. We would be checking on them in the nursing home and uh, working with the nursing home and taking care of them. So that's what respite care is. What an awesome benefit. So Mm -hmm. I'm sure your staff probably helps and promotes that a little bit. But this individual was not aware of, and I assume this individual had hospice care services. Yeah, respite is very utilized. Okay, that's great. We'll be right back with more information. But now we're from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana and Bear sending country as report, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary Kalidas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after this on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Welcome back to our show, The Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana and Abear, standing country as report, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Joining me on my show today is two special guests, is Dr. David Colvin, a hospice care physician, and Miss Amanda Rogers, the administrator of regional hospice here in the Shreveport-Bosier and surrounding areas, and they're discussing hospice care services for your loved ones throughout our area. So thank you, Amanda. Thank you, Dr. Colvin, for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. So I've just learned, Amanda and Dr. Colvin, that Regional Hospice received the Hospice Honors Elite Award or, or certification. So tell us a little bit about that. So we are very well, congr- exci- congratulations. Thank you, by the way. thank you. We are very excited about this because Medicare has required the um, families to receive a survey once a patient has been on hospice services. So once these surveys are complete and they are sent back in, then that is how we are rated, and this is the highest honor that we can achieve. So this is voted on by the people. And it's by these families that we have taken care of their loved ones. So we um, take this very seriously. It's very important to us because um, the legacy that we leave with these families and the experience that we leave with them is what we are trying to do is take a situation and make it the best possible situation it can be for them. And so by them voting for us and giving us this um, honors elite status, it is letting us know that we are doing that. And you are doing good. I, I do want to ask uh, more kudos. I will. I attended one of their uh, annual or semi-annual, whatever it is, uh, gathering of family members of uh, 
prior hospice patients, and it was really touching. And the 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 testimonials from some of these family members that I heard on stage, but also that came up to me, were just totally amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you got you you touched all of their lives, even the bereavement process afterwards. I could I heard from so many that how it benefited them and their family members and their and their loved one passing that you continued follow up with them, which that we'll talk about. That's part of hospice is yes. is the bereavement process, which I felt and I we have utilized in, on our in our family, which. Was totally remarkable, uh, unexpected to some sense. My family, I knew about it, but my family members in Montgomery, Alabama, was not aware of it. But uh, it, but it was very very remarkable, very touching. Uh, let's talk about one more thing. This is November, and what is November? National Hospice and Palliative Care Month. Wow, and also yes. Veterans Veterans Day. So so, what is Regional Hospice doing to, regarding this particular month? Well, I know you've done bigger things in bigger years without COVID, but probably this is a little bit more limited, right? Well, we're very lucky that we get to celebrate and bring light to hospice by coming and doing this with you. So we Thank appreciate you. this, Thank Gary, you. for this opportunity because educating people is what we want to do. And so um, about what hospice is and the services that we provide. But um, regional hospice participates in the We Honor Veterans program, and we have a lot of veterans in our area. We have our VA oh, hospital definitely. here in our war veterans home. And so the service to our country is very important, and the We Honor Veterans program is a national program that hospices can opt to uh, participate in. And we have done that, and you, in fact, helped us find an incredible volunteer. His name is John Story, and he is a retired colonel, and he dresses in full uniform for every patient that we admit on our service that is a veteran. And he goes out and he pins them, he honors them, he salutes them. And I tell you, Gary, it is an an incredible thing when someone doesn't recognize their family, but when he walks in in that uniform and for a moment there is clarity because they know what they're looking at, it is a really beautiful thing. And we are just so blessed and fortunate to have him as part of our organization to go out and honor our service men and women that deserve to be honored. And especially, it's for their families, too, and they cherish these moments. And so um, Veterans Day is an important day for us, and um, you know, but we do this year-round for all of our patients that are on service. And so uh, we are participating in that program. And also our social workers help all of our veterans get resources that they're allowed to have that they may not know exist. Wow, so what a great extra the, benefit. Absolutely. Whoa. So that's part of that program. Because they do, they do not, sometimes they don't know what those benefits are unless you get a good social worker right. and, you, and you get a good uh, investigator, you might say, to, to help them. Because the VA is not going to say, here's what things we have. They, they're too busy doing other stuff, right? That's yeah. right. You have to be told what's available to you. But I, I do want to also compliment John. He's a remarkable young man. I would call him young. I was ch- I saw him. He he volunteered all the hours at uh, my senior day expo. He was yeah. there from the morning until the afternoon. He asked what to do more stuff. I said, John, you've done enough today. Rest for a little bit. Go no. out and visit people. Yes. And he did. He did go out and visit. And uh, But he's a remarkable volunteer for many organizations, in, including Regional Hospice and your Honor Veterans Program, which I have found remarkable. I know you do heavily promote it in our magazine. I'm telling you, I've heard some so many veterans that they appreciate that you honor veterans because very other many other organizations and agencies don't either or either don't tell it in print 
tell it verbally like we're talking today, I don't advocate it, which is sad. Which is sad. They don't. Yeah. They, you've got to be able to promote it a little bit, and a lot of them don't. Well, they made a sacrifice for our country, and they deserve to have the resources that are available to them. So that's one of the my favorite parts about this program is being in touch with those services and getting those to them. So, absolutely. So, again, thank you. Congratulations on the Elite Award. That's a distinct honor. I I do know when I was in home care, it was difficult to get those particular kudos. You hope that all those family members would send in those surveys, but you know sometimes they're reluctant. But I'm I'm really impressed that they took the time and effort, the family members, to do that because it's a volunteer program. You can't you can't instill upon them to do it. That right, absolutely. And, uh, when when Medicare gets them, they have to process them and they have to evaluate them, and you get the you get the feedback pretty generally pretty pretty quickly. Uh, so again, I'm impressed. Be sure to all your staff. I'm sure you've definitely honor that particular uh, accolade that you got at regional hospice. And again, I, we, we keep mentioning it, but you need we need to mention the, the phone number. If you want more information about their services for you or a loved one, do call their number at 318-382-9396. Mm-hmm. Again, that's 318-382-9396. Or pick up the issue of the Best of Times magazine online or in print, as well as Silver Page's Senior Resource Director, if you happen to have one at home, or you can download it as well. So let's talk, Dr. Calvin, about some of the diagnoses that are related to hospice care. Certainly. Of course, the most common one people think of is terminal cancer diagnosis. That's certainly one of the storm clouds on the horizon that families can see coming, sometimes for a long time, sometimes for a short time. Others that so so if so if somebody's diagnosed with cancer immediately right by an oncologist or whomever generally it's an oncologist right uh, they're not immediately eligible for hospice no hospice is for the cancer patient who is considered to have a relatively short lifespan left ahead of them. And you're so they're going to do they're going to do treatment. They're they could, cost, they're they could be, very well have gone through chemo. Therapy, radiation therapy, that's really not the hospice candidate, the person who's undergoing active treatment for that. Okay. Hospice is about relief, not rescue. Okay. Okay. That's one of the focuses is saying, you know what, we're not going to run to the hospital, run to the emergency room for every problem that arises based on that hospice problem. Instead, we're looking for relief, not rescue. So some of the common conditions you might uh, not always think about uh, would be Alzheimer's disease is going to be the next one. And that one takes such a toll on the family. Right. Tremendous. I always say Alzheimer's has more than one victim. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's not just the patient. But anybody close to them and direct care with them, they're going to suffer too. Sure. And hospice can definitely play a major role at the right time to start providing relief, not rescue. You cannot rescue someone from Alzheimer's. So uh, upon diagnosis of Alzheimer's, it has to go into various stages, right? That's right. We we use the term end-stage Alzheimer's. Some of the classic... Uh, symptoms or signs of that would be someone who's really not able to communicate anymore. Maybe one or two word answers or grunt and groan. They've stopped eating very little intake. They're losing weight. It's not that they're about to take their last breath in the next 24 hours, 
but you can see that that storm is approaching, and it's okay, six months. Point. Maybe in your we don't know because everyone progresses through Alzheimer's differently, through different phases. But that's a classic person that the, it will wear the family out. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I always, when I'm talking to a family member, I say, you have to take care of yourself, too. And hospice will help that. Okay? Again, it's about relief, not rescue. Some of the other common conditions include congestive heart failure, for which someone, there is no real medical intervention that's going to make a major change in that person anymore. Their heart is not pumping Nearly like it was, they're usually oxygen-dependent, COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. We still have quite a few people with a long history of smoking and other medical problems. And those are persons who simply have have trouble taking a breath, okay? They're going to be oxygen-dependent. They're going to be limited in their walking. However, let me say this again as we cover these. This is not for always about somebody being in a bed and can't move, okay? The hospice is not about the dying, okay? That's for the priest (laughs) or the pastor. This is about the living at the end of their life. And what kind of relief can you provide that person and their loved ones and family? Another diagnosis that I would say is... um, there that we already touched on is the person who's had that devastating stroke who over time is continuing just to wither okay their body has been functioning but it's just not functioning like it was anymore I've got a nickname for a problem that I see called syndrome of failing organ systems and we have families that will have a nursing home resident And they can understand heart failure. They can understand kidney failure. They can understand Alzheimer's. But what they don't get is that the largest organ system in the body is the skin. Really? Absolutely. And just like the heart, the liver, and the lung, it too can fail. But we see that through a wound. Okay, yes. And so you see a person who has starting to have skin breakdown. That's part of a syndrome of someone who's just at the end of their life. Never thought of that one. Okay. And that is the hospice-appropriate patient. It's not that they're not getting good care. Their mm-hmm. heart doctor's been taking care of their heart, and they still have congested heart failure. The facility can take good care of their skin, but if the skin is going to fail, there's not much you can do about it. And, it, and if it progressively gets worse and worse without any treatment uh, that's, improvement, that's, that's a classic? Classic, and it's usually part of a syndrome of other things, and that person usually has other things, like another one is end-stage kidney failure. Okay, that person is tired of dialysis. They're tired of feeling terrible every day. And they just want peace and calm and they, because they know it's not going to get any better. They want relief because they know there's no rescue. That's a hospice patient. Very appropriate for kidney disease. If you can imagine just about 
anything, again, I'll go back to what Dr. Patton likes to say. It's about prognosis, not diagnosis. Um, there are, again, multiple, multiple sclerosis. Parkinson's is another classic uh, disease that we see. Um, people needing help and loved ones and family members, it just brings them down. But not to not to elaborate, it's it's not the early stages of Parkinson's. It's no. possibly la- the latter on. Path. All of these are what we would call late stage. Um, and er- everybody in retrospect knows. They realized it. They just, as Amanda has said, will realize we could have had this help earlier. Yes. Okay? Because it's about prognosis. Um, what about people that are diabetic and are getting worse and worse with their diabetes and it can't be controlled? Is that a hospice candidate for diabetes? That that one's a little tougher. Okay? It usually has to have other conditions associated Which with it. Which a lot of times they are going to have wound care issues on their food, amputees. If you've got scared. wound care issues, if you've had a stroke... Um, the congestive heart failure, it plays certainly plays a role with it, but I would say diabetes in and of itself is not a common hospice diagnosis that would be um, easily uh, accepted. However, let me go back and say it again. If you think about it, pick up the phone and call, okay? We don't want people at home trying to become hospice qualification experts. <laughs> exactly. Okay. I, love, I love that comment. We, yes, we, that's good. We want them. The only thing they need to know is where do we find that number? That's right. That's right. Okay, because even if they don't qualify now, doesn't mean they won't qualify three months later. That's and the hospice admission nurse can educate as to, all right, it may not be appropriate now, but if you'll look for this, call us back. Wow, that's that's super. So again, everyone, they offer this free evaluation in your own home for that's your right. family members. So do call them at 318-382-9396. Again, that's 318-382-9396. That's Regional Hospice. We'll be right back with more information. But now we're with more sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana and Abers, Tenant Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealer. Gary Kaligas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after this on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana Neighbors, Southern Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Joining me on my show today are special guests, Dr. David Colvin, a hospice care physician, and Miss Amanda Rogers, Administrator of Regional Hospice, and they're discussing hospice care services. So thank you again for joining us today. So, Amanda and Dr. Colvin, let's talk a little bit about what services they can receive through hospice care. Okay. Um, so in hospice care, you're, service-wise, um, you're going to have our staff coming out to see you. And then also, your Medicare hospice benefit covers a um, any medications related to your diagnosis that you're on hospice care for, and also any medical equipment, a bed, oxygen, wheelchair, shower chair, all of those things. So, And we've seen this, families chasing these pieces of equipment down when they're needing those things, when if they called us, we have it, we actually can have it delivered.
delivered in a couple hours everything they needed, and we're paying for it. So not only is hospice very helpful to a family for having all the staff coming in, it's also a financial reliever for families not having to purchase these things. So, again, everyone, if you you qualify for hospice care services, don't run out, as Amanda says, try to think about, ask them. Don't assume. Ask the nurse. Ask the staff. Call them before you uh, expend unnecessary funds. You don't want two beds in the house. Yeah, and we're the only health care provider that is is able to do that. So that's why people are not used to that. And so um, everyone else is used to having to get that on their own. And so that's one of the wonderful things about hospice is we do that. And so I said the Medicare hospice benefit pays for that, right? But hospice is also paid for by private insurance and Medicaid. Those are also payer sources for hospice. So it's very important for people to know that, um, at, and I can only speak for regional hospice, but there's no co-pays. It doesn't cost you anything. In fact, when you sign paperwork with us, it says you are responsible for 0%. That's actually on one of our papers. So people can be comfortable knowing that they're not going to have to pay for this. And a lot of people now have Medicare um, supplements and they have Medicare care uh, replacement benefit policies when you're on hospice care your uh, hospice benefit comes out of your traditional medicare so it does not matter what you have as long as you have you're a medicare recipient you can get hospice care under the medicare hospice benefit so don't be concerned about well i have this plan or i have this policy it does not matter and again, as Amanda said, it doesn't require, most of the time, it doesn't require any kind of co-payment, right. co- deposit. You get all these wonderful services for your loved one. I mean, don't don't expect a lot of them feel that they're going to be, if they get this particular service, they're going to have to pay extra. Like, like the other parts of Medicare, you pay 20% here, you have a deductible there, et cetera, et cetera. So that's a tremendous benefit and a, a cost relief for most families out there. Yes. Yeah, in hospice care, it it makes us very different from other forms of health care by providing medical equipment, medications, and then it not costing the family anything. Okay, here's the big big question. I had somebody ask me this. Mm -hmm. You need to say, does my mother have have to be homebound she has a terminal illness by her doctor we're, right. we're thinking she wants she's still ambul, ambul, ambulatory and does she have to be homebound like gary i remember you used to be a home care administrator and you were really stickler about homebound right. status but tell them homebound status and hospice is different absolutely gary in fact if you've gone to your favorite grocery store or a big box chain store you've probably walked by a hospice patient Awesome. It's okay for them to go shopping. It's okay for them to go to church if they're able to. We encourage all of that. Hospice is residential care. That means it occurs at somebody's residence, whether it be a home apartment or the nursing home. Let's not forget that nursing home patients can also qualify for hospice care. Okay, and what about the question that somebody says, well, do I have to be at home all the time when my mother or my father is getting hospice care, or, 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 or does, no. does somebody always have to be there? No, we have we have some hospice patients who live by themselves. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, we promote independence and people getting to live their life. That, when Dr. Coven says this is a, a service for the living, 
We promote living life. In fact, we do travel contracts with other hospices to allow our patients to travel. Um, it wasn't that long ago that we had a patient um, go and see a family member get married, and we did a travel contract so that patient could go and do that. Oh, and so, touching. yeah, so it, we, we promote that. So the the other thing about if they need. Uh, palliative medications or medications, they're all covered. They have to worry about now, again, going through their pharmacy, going, et cetera, and, and, and doing all these processes. Is that true? It's, it is covered well by hospice services. And wh- what about if the, if the family member at home feels that their loved one is having a particular problem or situation? Are nurses available? Yes. So our nurses are available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We're on call. And the point of the service is to make things easier for the family. So if we are, if medications fall under the hospice plan of care, we're not just ordering them. We're picking them up and delivering them from the pharmacy. So, Gary, if I may. Go ahead. Just for your listeners out there. Calling hospice, you should not feel guilty about that. Mm Mm-hmm. Or considering it. These decisions uh, that often fall on family members at the end of life, I encourage everyone out there, please have a conversation now, okay, about it so that when it comes time that if hospice is considered, don't feel guilty about it. You're talking about increasing and maximizing the quality of life at the end, not about dying. That's a good good point. Again, that's where some people that does miss or whenever they use the word hospice around their scare is the guilt guilt complex. Is that guilt. right? That's right. This they, is I don't want to tell my mom I'm going to put her under hospice. Hospice is not coming out to stop feeding anybody. They're not coming out to give medicines to cause somebody to die. Um, they're not going to withhold basic care. That's just untrue. Yeah, I'm at a point in my life and my career, I've been doing this for 15 years, and I say give them the gift of hospice. It's a gift, and it needs to be viewed that way because it's a wonderful resource and great benefit that we plead that people take advantage of that when they qualify for it. And actually, we can I can personally attest and credit your program for helping more than a handful of families out there go through and make a decision that's improved not only the quality of life that was remaining for the patient, but also the family themselves. Mm-hmm. Well, so thank you very much. Well, yes. thank you. I appreciate that that compliment. Again, I'm, I've been a, a, a advocate of hospice care services for, for many, many years, and I still think it's being unutilized. I think there's a lot of factors, including the, the, the myths, the misnomers, and I think the, the lack of some people not proactively promoting it. And mm-hmm. I've, I've seen the negative proactively promoted. It's so sad. I mean, uh, around the area. And I, I know it's a great benefit. And I wish more and more people utilize it earlier than what they possibly will call or contact you. That's and as, as you said, the earlier the better. Yes. And there, there's no, as one nomer is told me, well, Gary, I shouldn't call early because Medicare is going to stop the benefit after six months. No, and not true. And I said, no, that's not true. Who told you that? Well, somebody else, some doctor told me that. I said, really, he should brush up. He should make those statements if he doesn't know that to be a fact. 
If you want to know the truth about hospice, call the hospice. <laughs> that's the truth. That's the truth as well. Well, thank you for joining us today. You get your, again, great in education to all of our listeners out there uh, throughout the year. I wish you continue your best luck. Congratulations on the accolade of being elite, and congratulations on National Hospice Month. Be sure to tell your hospice physicians as well as hospice staff, uh, congratulations for me at the best of times. So, again, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you, Gary, for your support. We appreciate it. Again, do call them at 318-382-9396. Again, 318-382-9396. Or pick up the current copy of The Best of Times as well as Silver Pages for more information about regional hospice. Thank you again, everyone, for listening to our show. Hope you join us next Saturday for another show that can benefit you and your loved ones. Don't forget to pick up your personal copy of The Best of Times in one of our 270 distribution locations. May God bless you and your family. God bless America. Have a great day and a great weekend. Thank you again for listening to our show. I'm Gary Caligas wishing you and yours the best of times both today and every day. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 9 a.m. for more Best of Times. This is 1017 FM and 710 Keel.